Nothing on the Bunnell Foundation's Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast should be considered medical advice. Medical advice can only come from your CF physician. Cystic fibrosis can be a devastating diagnosis, but living with the disease can bring positivity and a new appreciation for each day. From the Bonnell Foundation in Detroit, Michigan, it's the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast, sponsored by Vertex Pharmaceutical. Here's your host, Laura Bonnell. Not everyone with CF enjoys the same level of care. Tragically, it depends where you live. Some countries didn't even recognize the disease yet. If a country doesn't recognize CF, that means medications aren't available or coverage by health insurance doesn't happen. All of us are working together to change the world for people who have CF. Doing his part is Rod Spadinger, who founded CFS Worldwide. A couple of years ago, Rod has CF and is alive thanks to a double lung transplant. Rob got an email from a girl in Chile who needed a vest, and the idea was born from that first email. Rod recently brought in his vice president, Josh Bowder, Josh has a daughter with cystic fibrosis. Her name is Evangeline. Josh and his wife run a children's home in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Josh, who is American, married a Thai woman, and they have witnessed firsthand the struggles of getting a child diagnosed in Thailand. It's so great to have both of you here. Josh is coming to us from Thailand, Chiang Mai, Thailand. And Rod, you are actually in Hawaii while we're doing this podcast. And I'm in Michigan. So it is lovely to be able to get together and talk about how you're moving forward with CFS worldwide. I love the change in the name because you are worldwide. So kind of talk about what you're doing now and how you're impacting people's lives with CF around the world. Oh, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having us. This this really is an honor. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Um, Yes, CFS Worldwide, our our mission is to provide therapy vests to CF patients around the world. Uh, We started back in June 2020. So far, we've reached, we sent uh, 165 vests to CF patients in 43 countries. The countries where we've sent the most vests are Pakistan, uh, Brazil, Romania, Kosovo, they're very appreciative because their medical care is, is nowhere near the U.S. They're basically in medical deserts. Uh, so what we give them with these vests, we give them the medical equipment to, to save the children's lives. And we give them hope. Uh, we've heard from, from many parents who say the vests are great, we appreciate it, but it's the hope you're giving us that our child's going to have a longer and better life with this equipment. Because of course, in these countries, they don't have that. I've, I've heard too, in some countries, a vest is the price of a car. So I've heard specifically in Greece, in Brazil, these families are not always well-placed financially. They can't afford an extra car or even a car at all. So this vest is golden to them. And they're very expensive without insurance. Molly's almost 28, Emily's 25. If we didn't have insurance at that time, all those years ago, it was 10000 for each vest. And even back then, the insurance company wasn't sure they wanted to help us pay for a vest for each girl and to have them share, oh my gosh, it would have increased and doubled the time to do treatments with two kids and we would have never gotten them to school on time, etc. So I think this is wonderful. And having myself, as you know, just recently traveled to Egypt and met all those CF families there who want a vest so badly. It's so heartwarming to see how you're helping people 
I mean, we got to talk with Katerina from the Ukraine. You had helped her with a vest. She has a daughter uh, with CF. Um, the endless stories of how you're helping people. And before we go any further, I just wanted you to bring in Josh. Tell us, you know, how you have brought Josh into the fold. And then, of course, we want to hear from Josh and how excited he is to be a part of this. Oh, thank you. No, Josh is tremendous. I, we are so honored to have him, truly. He's a vice president of CFS Worldwide. I first got in touch with Josh maybe about, well, kind of when we were first starting, it must have been in late 2020. I found out that, uh, you know, Josh is from the U.S. originally and his wife is Thai. And I found out it's kind of miraculous that this girl who's part Asian has cystic fibrosis. So we're honored to get a vest to him. And over time, our relationship just grew, Josh and mine. And, um, I asked you want to be part of CFS Worldwide, and you said yes. So, I mean, Josh has a tremendous story. I'm just so honored to have him with us. Welcome, Josh. And please tell us about Evangeline's diagnosis, and were you surprised? How did the whole diagnosis story go? Well, um, at first, I'm honored. It's a, the big words that you're saying, Rod, about me, and uh, appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Laura, for having us. It's really awesome. I guess I'm kind of unique in a situation because I kind of have the experience of the people that were helping um, to get vests. My daughter was born in Thailand, in Chiang Mai, Thailand, uh, in 2019, and she was sick. And Chiang Mai has a big burning season, and she was born right at the height of it. And so we thought that she was just coughing because of that, but it didn't go away. Went to multiple hospitals trying to get a diagnosis. Um, nobody could figure out what was going on with her. A lot of doctors were telling us it's not even a big deal. Don't worry about it, you know. And I was like, no, she's coughing. We we need to worry about it. And we were able to get a diagnosis in July of 2020 after, you know, her almost dying two or three times um, with um, all kinds of infections that we had no idea how they got there and, or, and what was making her sick. And then we found a doctor uh, in Bangkok who actually studied respiratory medicine at, at sick kids in Canada. And she was able to give a diagnosis. And it, I mean, it really changed our life. Our daughter, you know, she looked like a skeleton. And uh, when we met her, she said something that stuck with me because she said, you know, you need to start preparing her for a lung transplant. And my daughter was two years old and the doctor's telling me right then that I need to, you know, get a lung transplant. And I went on some of the CF Facebook groups and started reaching out. And somebody put me in touch with Rod, uh, you know, he's a lung transplant survivor. And uh, I started asking him a ton of questions and I was really scared and um, Rod's answers didn't make me less scared. They made me more scared. And uh, I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. And mine and Rod's relationship kind of grew from there. And uh, I didn't know what I didn't have. I didn't know what I needed, didn't know anything. And uh, just asking a lot of questions. And, you know, I have a heart to help anyway when I see a problem. And, uh, you know, we saw, we found, found out that there's, 20 other kids with cystic fibrosis over here. And it was like, how can we help them? And uh, that's just kind of how Rod and I's relationship started with me having 
you know, the passion for my daughter and for the kids in Thailand. I wanted to ask you, is cystic fibrosis recognized in Thailand? Obviously, you said a bunch of doctors didn't diagnose her and then you finally found one. So as I've told you, my sister-in-law is Thai and she now lives here in the United States. You know, so I just wonder, is the um, awareness growing in Thailand or what is the status of cystic fibrosis there? Well, there's only two places to get tested. One of them you can get tested for free, but you have to have a doctor who thinks that you need it, uh, need the tests. Um, And the other one costs one month's salary to get tested. So, you know, you better be pretty sure to get tested. I guess it exists. I mean, it exists and they acknowledge that it exists, but it's usually just a white man disease. I mean, they told us multiple times, um, I brought it up multiple times because she had symptoms and, you know, you lick my daughter and it's like, she's super salty. That's, I don't think that's normal. And uh, they said, no, she's Asian. She doesn't have it. And just kept passing it off like that. Doctor even told us, you know, we were wasting our money to go have her tested because she was Asian. Don't do it. And uh, we had to go down and pay for it ourselves because no one would acknowledge that she possibly could have it. So although it does exist and they have patients, um, it's still widely believed to just be a white person disease. So not many doctors have really any experience with it. And it's so crazy. I mean, now, of course, it's 2022, but she was just born in 2019. It's not like this is... 50 years ago, I just, it's so frustrating, as you all know and agree, that across the world, we're not testing and recognizing cystic fibrosis and that it can impact anyone, whatever color country that you are in or from. So is Evangeline getting proper care now that you're, is it officially a clinic? There's not a CF clinic there. I think there needs to be a hundred people for there to be um, a CF clinic. Um, The conditions really are are not um, favorable for CF. There's a thing they have over here is 30 bot healthcare. It's like healthcare for a dollar. Every time you go to the doctor, you go to government hospitals and I mean, nobody could afford cystic fibrosis if we're paying out of pocket. I don't really care where you live. Nobody can afford the care that comes with it. So we, you have to rely on the 30-bot health care. But at the same time, it's very low quality everything. And when we go to the hospital, when we have our clinic day, there's all kinds of other people who are really sick too, all around walking by you. There's no segregation Um, There's no high-risk area or anything like that. It's just a bunch of sick people around your daughter who gets sick really easy, you know, and it's kind of scary. We have a lot of stories of things that happened that you wouldn't believe if you've only dealt with, you know, USA Healthcare, you know, um, and USA CF clinics. (laughs) You know, when we went from Thailand to America and my wife came over, she was just blown away to realize that Thailand was a third world country. Uh, she had never thought of it that way. As soon as my wife got there, she was in the hospital with my daughter 
and seeing the healthcare system, it made her realize that Thailand is very much a third world country. And which hospital in which state did you end up going? And was it because she just needed extra help? So we we were in Spokane, Washington. And the story of how I we ended up there is actually pretty miraculous. Um, because before I came to Thailand, I was the celebrant in a girl's death uh, in her funeral. And, you know, this was 10 years ago. And I had no idea what cystic fibrosis was. But the girl actually died of cystic fibrosis. And, uh, you know, after I had my daughter, I saw um, her grandma post something on Facebook saying that she had cystic fibrosis. And I, I never knew her personally, but, you know, you get to know someone when you do something like that for them. And uh, I called her mom and was like, hey, did she have cystic fibrosis? Because I know I think like most people who aren't related to someone with cystic fibrosis, it's just like any other disease, um, you know, that you have no idea what it does or how it works. You know, it's just another weird name to add to your list of disease weird names. And uh, I had no idea. And I called her mom and I started talking to her and we're like, yeah, we just, we can't take it over here. We think it's the, the healthcare that's making our daughter so sick. So I was talking to her and she was like, I said, we're going to go to Seattle because everything I had read had said it was one of the best in the world, um, the Seattle Children's Hospital. You know, over here, we have to do suction on our daughter, which is the worst thing you could ever do. And we were doing it four times a day and waking her up. And one night we woke her up um, at midnight. And we this I think this was about 10 days before I was coming to the States. And you know, after suction, they're pretty inconsolable. And uh, so you just hold them while they scream and cry. And uh, I was like, I just don't feel comfortable taking my daughter to Seattle Children's. And uh, I, I heard that mom's voice in my head, try Spokane, they have a good team there. And uh, I had a few interactions with the Seattle Children's Hospital and and no knock to them or anything like that. I just didn't like my experience that I had on the phone with them. And then uh, when I called the Spokane Clinic, it was just miraculous. They were just amazing. I felt very comfortable taking my daughter there. And uh, so we did. And um, now our, our daughter's getting proper care. And the the team there is awesome. And we love them. We love the whole team. They've, you know, enabled us to do things that, a lot of people aren't able to do, um, I guess. And uh, we thought it was, you know, the healthcare in Thailand that was causing her to be sick. But when we brought her to the States, she was just as sick. So we realized that it's not just the healthcare, that there is differences in CF, but the care, the difference in care is so great as well, that even with something really hard uh, or a hard case like my daughter, over in the States, they can handle it over here. Nobody really knows what to do. And there's a lot of things that aren't available that are available in the States. One other question on this. So now are you following the guidelines of the Spokane Clinic and just doing that in Thailand? Or do you go back to the U.S. once a year with her? Yeah, we've been coming back um, and doing everything that, that we can there. We get all the drugs that we can over here, but not all of them are available. Um, and so we keep 
contact with our clinic um, so that when we're back, we can, you know, get the drugs. We follow the advice that they give um, and they work together with the doctor that we have over here as well. Um, so it's a very crazy way to do it, I think. And I don't think a lot of people would do it the way that we're doing it. And I think it was really important to get a little background of what you've been dealing with with your daughter, because as you said, and as Rod knows, these are the people you're helping. You're helping people just like yourself who are working in a system that doesn't work for people with cystic fibrosis. Mm. Josh, how do you feel now that you and Rod are working to help so many people across the world in getting these vests? You know, I I personally love it. Since I met Rod, I've just been begging him, like, hey, give me something to do. I'll help you guys. I don't know what you need help with. Give me something to do. And, you know, he has found things that I can do. And, you know, I'm involved with a lot of people with cystic fibrosis around the world. It's been really helpful to me, and I, I pray that it's been helpful to them as well, because um, you feel really alone, you know, and I'm sure... You've experienced it as well with your daughters when things start going bad uh, or, you know, the the bad news that always comes. You get a little good news and then it's, you're like backhanded with the bad news. And, you know, being in systems, like you said, that aren't capable of dealing with cystic fibrosis patients, you feel really alone. And the doctor's you know, in a lot of countries don't operate like doctors in the States do to where they have a title and you have to respect them. There's no dialogue. You have to respect what they give you and go with it. And they don't like to answer questions and, you know, all these crazy things. And there's a lot of struggles that come with, you know, just a CF kid. And then, you know, when you throw on top of it a medical system that's not set to deal with it, doctors who don't know anything about it, and the pride of man and all the stuff that comes with um, with all this stuff, it, it just is really hard and you can feel really alone. And um, I hope that we can give these people hope that there is help, that there's people who are going through it just like you, that are going through the same struggles that you're having, and they're finding a way to make it work. And, you know, you can do it too. And that's, it's really encouraging to me when I see someone who is going through the same thing I am. And so I just hope that that's what we can bring and see if there's anything else that we can help them with, whether it's a, a vest or a nebulizer or something like that, that we can, we can help them with that's not available where they are. It is great. And Rod, this gives you really a perspective, you've already have a perspective, but this gives you even a greater perspective to have Josh in Chiang Mai, Thailand, right? Oh, absolutely. That's why I'm, I really am honored to have Josh away with CFS uh, worldwide because, of course, I'm from the U.S. I have CF. I know first world healthcare. We go to the insurance, I need a vest. Here it is. I need a replacement. Here it is. But Josh knows firsthand how that's not possible, how you're in a system, they don't know what you're going through. Sometimes they don't care because they don't have the medical systems there, don't have the resources to care. And Josh sees that, he lives it. So he brings such invaluable viewpoint to this organization. That's, I'm, I'm really, really happy we have him. And you know, I 
absolutely send everyone your way who wants to donate a vest. Um, I have a lot of people that are contacting me because of the connection to Egypt and they want to give me vests, which I really appreciate. I actually need to talk to you both because I do need a vest. I have a mom coming from Egypt with her two children, like Josh, you did go to Spokane. This mom from Egypt is coming in two weeks to see a doctor at the University of Michigan to see her kids, and she doesn't have a vest. So I am trying to get her a vest in the next two weeks. So we'll talk about that. But it's like this connection, these things, how we're helping each other, and we're all in touch with people around the world. I just love it. And I love that you started this, Rod, because you're having such an impact on so many people and sharing their stories. What is kind of the latest story that you can share with us, maybe from somebody that you've just helped? Sure. Um, I know Josh has a lot of stories, but I'll share one that we just, we recently gave to. Uh, she is 18 years old. She lives in India. Right When she got in touch with me, I found that her sister passed away at the age of 10 from CF. Because of course in India, they don't have the care. So I was really honored. She's working full-time uh, remotely with a U.S.-based company in India. She needed a vest because she saw her sister died from what she now has. And it was just, you said it was, it was a hope that the vest gave her. She just couldn't be happier. That's kind of what we do. We, we give hope. We're, we're just so blessed to be able to reach out to people. And I'm finding it's word of mouth. Uh, like, for instance, if we give a vest to a certain country, and I'll post it on Facebook, say we did this and I tell the story. I'll get multiple requests from that country saying, my child at CF, can I get a vest? And it's, it, that's how we get most of our, our stories and we get most of our connections, just word of mouth. But as I was saying, Josh has some great stories of those that he has touched in, in Thailand. I mean, if I could, I'd like to give him the opportunity too. He's, he's got way more stories than I do. Josh, if you can share a story or two, that would be great. There's one mom, um, her name is Anne, and her daughter is eight years old. And she is a single mom who has a daughter with cystic fibrosis. And we went to her house and we met her. And, you know, even, you know, over here, there's a bad season for air. And uh, nobody had told her, you know, that like, you probably should put an N95 mask on her because she can't breathe in all that stuff. It's really bad for her. And she was just outside playing and um, we brought her the vest and she started talking to us and telling us that every day when Nadi wakes up, Nadi is the daughter, um, that she has to get on top of Nadi and do hand percussion, like pin her down on top of her for 15 minutes uh, every day doing hand percussion. And uh, I know how strenuous and tiring that is. And uh, then after that, she has to hold down, like put her legs on top of her arms and be right on top of her so that she can hit her, uh, you know, do the percussion mm -hmm. and put the tube down her throat to do suction at the same time to, on her eight-year-old daughter or uh, when she was younger. And I was just blown away by the strength of that woman because, I mean, that's... I mean, if anybody's ever done suction to their kid, they know how horrible it is. And to be able to have the 
the strength to do that every day uh, by yourself, pinning her down and, you know, beating her, doing the percussion and, and then sticking a tube down her throat. Like it's, it's unimaginable. And um, to bring her a vest, like the quality of life, I don't think people, if, if you've never had to do hand percussion on your, on your kid or had it done to you, like you just don't understand the quality of life change that a vest brings. And it really is a lot um, for someone who has nothing and is doing that. And she was blown away. I was blown away by her story. And her daughter's doing well now, actually. Rod, I think one of the things that Josh is bringing up is the suction thing. I, I've heard of Dorothy Anderson, right? Like in the 1930s, she started doing that, but I've never heard of anyone in the United States ever suctioning their child. Uh, that's something I don't think we've ever done. We would go into the hospital and the doctor would do the bronchoscopy. This is not something a parent should be doing. I, I, it's so worrisome because you could really um, harm your child. But when that's what you have to do, of course, it's different um, in other countries, which is so sad. Um, but you obviously are hearing stories like this as well, Rod. Uh, yes, not to that extent. When I first heard about Josh doing that to his daughter, I was, I was horrified. Yeah. And there's a video Josh made showing his daughter being suctioned. It was, it was just horrible. So I was so very happy that we were able to uh, help Josh with the vest. And now that he has access to U.S. healthcare with his daughter, his, it sounds like her life has just improved greatly. Yeah, I'm sure there are other stories like that. I just don't hear them. But yes, that's why we're so glad to be able to reach out to touch people, to give them this better form of therapy, to give their child the only hope. But actual reality of a longer and better life. Absolutely. And we can talk about how much work needs to be done across the world so that wonderful people like you don't have to carry the entire burden for the world of people who have CF. Um, and my connection to the people in Egypt, I mean, anyone can get CF. It's so frustrating for me and sad and constantly thinking like how can we help these families and that's kind of what I wanted to ask Josh or both of you we have to figure out a way to make things better for people with CF around the world so that everybody's on a level playing field Rod what are your thoughts and then we'll ask Josh as well sure um I guess the biggest way is what we can do where we're like, obviously we're getting best to people around the world. We just need a lot of donations because we're always with Josh and his and, and our team who are taking in the vests, cleaning them, shipping them out. We're having such a turnover. We need so many more vest donations because right now that's one of the biggest ways we can help. But two, when I get in touch with these families, sometimes they'll ask me questions. Um, like, yeah, transplant, how'd you get the transplant? How did you live? to be 45 when he got the transplant. I tell them exercise. So I give them a little bit of education along with the vest. So that's, I mean, just word of mouth, that's how we can help to expand this. Yeah. And the fact that we work together, the Bonnell Foundation and CF Vest Worldwide um, work together 
and always help each other so that if a parent needs some some help, they'll come to us. Or if someone needs some funds, you send them to us and vice versa. But Josh, I wanted to ask you also, what are your thoughts? How can we all help worldwide to continue to make things better for people with CF? Like, how do we get it on a level playing field? Why isn't everyone working together? It's such a huge problem. That's a tough question that, you know, I don't really have an answer to because, you know, that takes policies and that's that's stuff that I know nothing about. But, you know, the one thing that I do know about is just generosity and, you know, understanding or trying to understand um, the struggle of people who are in the U.S. with cystic fibrosis. And I've, you know, I've been in chat rooms and Facebooks and Reddits and stuff and, it's really easy to get tired of seeing the sad stories all the time. And then, you know, you see the broken English of somebody saying, my kid's going to die, please help me, somebody, you know? And it's really easy to turn away from that and just be like, well, that's way above my pay grade kind of thing. And, you know, I think someone who's willing to go into a group and post that my kid's dying, someone help me, they need help, you know? And Sometimes the help isn't giving them money or even giving them the right connection or anything like that. Sometimes it's just giving them an ear, you know, and trying to understand and trying to find what their need really is. And, you know, I think if more people take the time to listen to the people in the third world who have CF or, you know, even adopt a family, you know, we have a lot of things that are available to U.S. citizens that aren't available to these families, you know, like vests. And if we can find a way to give them our old or our extra or something like that, it really goes a long way. And you have no idea. Um, I mean, I remember the first time when we got our vest, it was like, it was like Christmas when that package came. It was like Christmas day, opening that package and putting that vest on her. I felt so proud. I felt so happy. It made me, it made me feel like I accomplished something like as a father, like, okay, like I can do this, I can take care of her, but nobody in this country has one and I have one, you know? And it's weird when CF, anything with CF really feels like Christmas and like you can do that with the stuff that you have extras of or, you know, stuff that you don't even use anymore that just isn't available. Right, and medications that are unopened, not expired, that people don't want to throw away you know, I know there's some controversy about doing that, but it's helping people who need it. Rod, I want to wrap this up. What do you want to say to people as far as how they can reach you and how you're helping other people? Sure. No, thank you. Um, we have a website. Uh, we're, we're on Facebook, CFS Worldwide. You can find us there. Uh, we have a website, cfeww.org. We need, of course, vests, but we also need the funding to, to send the vests. We do our best to send it the most cost-effective way. And that's, that's helped us a lot. Like we've been, we've been doing this for two and a half years, but we always need an inflow of funding, especially an inflow of vests, because it's one of those things, you, the chicken or the egg, you can't have one without the other. We have a lot of funds, but we have no vests. What can we do? We have a lot of vests, but no funds. What can we do? And it can take about what? $200 to ship a vest, is that approximate? Oh, gosh, it depends on the country. Uh, the most 
expensive country we've shipped the vest to was Brazil. Uh, with taxes and shipping, I've seen it as like a little over a thousand dollars. Okay. Some countries, I think India is four or 500, I think. $800 to come here. Wow. Yeah, so it, it really varies, but I'd say between like, I believe UK is about 400 and 4,500, like say Brazil is, is at the highest level. Okay. So we can use all the help we can get and yeah, please reach out to us and you follow us on Facebook. I try to post um, just about every day stories, pictures of children we've helped. And um, it's, it, it kind of allows people to see what we do and see who we help. It is beneficial. That's wonderful. Thank you. And Josh, really interesting to get to know you just a little bit. You also have the children's home in Shanghai that we talked about in the introduction, but you're very busy and you're absolutely doing your part to raise awareness and help people with CF. Yeah. I mean, that's, we're just doing the job that's before us, you know, and uh, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of confusion um, about CF. And I know because I used to have a lot of that confusion myself and uh, bringing the awareness um, over here or anywhere that we can um, is going to help people recognize in the third world that CF does exist and it's not just a white person disease. And as soon as the testing goes up, the numbers will go up and um, trying to find affordable testing and doctors who are willing to, you know, stand up for CF. That's the way to get it done in your country um, with education, awareness, and testing. That's the three-way approach to get recognition of your disease. And so, you know, we we're talking to doctors and trying to figure out how to do that over here. And uh, it takes time, but it'll happen. And uh, Lord willing, more people will be saved because of it. Because when it's undiagnosed, there's people dying of it all the time. Absolutely. It is just the most eye-opening, saddest uh, situation going to Egypt. So much hope and such engaged physicians and patients and parents, but you just want to fix it for everyone. So we're definitely all in this together. You are two amazing men who are just you know, helping us all change the world. And I'm so grateful to know you both and to be able to talk about what you're doing. We'll put all the links in the show notes if people want to get a hold of you. So thank you both very much. Thank you for having us. Gosh, thank you for this opportunity. The original music in this podcast is performed by Kevin Allen. It's not complicated. Who happens to have cystic fibrosis. We all got our worries and fears. I know what's got you frustrated. But loving you is so alright. This has been the Living with Cystic Fibrosis podcast. For more information and to learn more about the Bonnell Foundation, visit our website at thebonnellfoundation.org. That's the B-O-N-N-E-L-L foundation.org. This podcast was sponsored by Beatrice, Genentech, and Vertex. It was produced by Jagged Detroit Podcasts. Follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now.